0: Welcome to the Song and a Friend podcast. I'm Tom, first the song. Welcome back to the Song and a Friend podcast. I'm your host, Tom Adamson. This is my voice and this is the show all about telling the story of songs I've written over the years, having conversations with friends who've helped make them. A friend of mine that I've had for almost 25 years now is uh, John Drury. John is a a deep listener to his friends. Uh, He's an amazing musical memory. He's a thinker, he's a theologian, he's an encourager. He's a podcast host himself uh, of some renown, uh, and he's been a creative collaborator with me on and off and and quite a bit recently, uh, playing some live shows with me in the last few years, because among other things, John is a pretty good drummer. I would say he is a really good drummer. He has played on the original studio recording of this song, Scarecrow, uh, helped me kind of write the song in its early phases. I'd like to welcome john to the show welcome john hi tom hey, it's good to it's good to be with you uh through this zoom call and i'd like to ask what you think of when you hear the song scarecrow
1: yeah so i remember us recording it it may have been in one day or it may have been over a couple i can't remember for sure but it was definitely in your garage that had been kind of turned into a room right in maybe 2010 11 I think is around when I would.
0: It'd be solidly 10. Okay. When we were kicking it around for the first bit.
1: So I had just moved back to Indiana having lived in Jersey for almost a decade. Mm -hmm. So we had seen each other socially. Some when I would visit you in Valparaiso, Indiana, outside Chicago. Um, But we hadn't done a lot of, I think it might've been one of our first musical collaborations. And I hadn't been playing drums Very long then, not very long, a couple years. I'd started out on guitar and other things. And um, so it may have been the first time I recorded drums, maybe. I don't know if that's true, but it might be.
0: I don't remember that at the time. I remember you talking about being in the studio. I knew you as a guitar player. I remember seeing you playing on campus, and then you were in grad school. I would hear recordings of your band through mutual friends uh,
1: the yeah i wasn't the, yeah i didn't play drums on any of those records i'd switch to drums like after those bands had kind of fallen apart. and i'd started playing in those bands we would swap around
0: uh-huh.
1: and for fun you know at rehearsal yeah. and and the drummer of the band i was in in graduate school had, had taught me how to play and because he played guitar too so he liked to take turns and switch out and and at live shows i would occasionally play drums but so but then i'd really switch to playing drums with friends not in band settings just in jamming settings mm-hmm. the last four or five years in new jersey and then yeah i'm pretty sure it's like it might be the first drumming in at least a sort of arranged recording there might be wow. live things somewhere and it shows because the drums aren't that great on the song but uh <laughs> But it's mostly just simple, so that's why the that's why the recording still kind of works despite the. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever yeah. we play it live, and we've played it live off and on for ten years now, and whenever we right. play it live, I'm all I'm always like, well, that was so much better than what's on the recording, you know. I mean? so, uh,
0: <laughs> you know, when I hear that recording, it, it there's a there's a, a quality to it that was completely accidental.
1: Yes. Um, yes.
0: Because I was not that great of a of a recording engineer at that point. I'm still not like a master, but I had only been really learning how to do it probably about as long as you've been playing drums, just about three or four years i had been messing around with. I got my iMac in 2007, and that's when I started messing around with GarageBand and digital multi-tracking and
1: stuff. And my memory is that when we were recording it, it was kind of it was kind of half composed and it was practically a demo in our mind it was but then we were kind of surprisingly surpri- surprisingly pleased with uh-huh. the result and and uh i do have a memory not not on that record but in practicing and rehearsing songs during that period mm-hmm. of me sitting on a kit and it wasn't it wasn't your kit or mine it was uh monroe's kit
0: mm-hmm. that's right
1: who was your regular drummer at the time then, and and I assume is doing one of these episodes? Yes, um, we
0: recorded one last week. Yep. Great,
1: and so but I remember sitting on his kit and having a bass guitar in my lap, <laughs> right? And you with the guitar and a and a vocal mic just to kind of like work out arrangements yep. of songs because I really, I mean, as you said at the beginning, you. We're a little reluctant, you know, well, he's an okay drummer, pretty, pretty good or whatever. He's a great drummer. And you were like, but oh, like wh- what you're I'm trying sorry. to say, no, 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 I, I didn't get hurt by that at all. What I hear you say is like, yeah, I'm a competent drummer, but I'm a, I'm a composer or a, or a ranger. I like to work on songs with people. I don't think from the drum kit out, mm-hmm. I think from the song back to the drums. And that's so that's true. that's true and so we've had fun working together not because of like chops that i can provide but because we literally you can come with a half uh-huh. half half composed song and we actually kind of develop it together and i enjoy yeah. that i mean i don't claim any credit for that i just mean uh i feel like there's a sounding board dynamic that we have together and i don't have song ideas so i don't really i don't really write songs um but i love i love uh arranging would be the way i would think of it uh, mm-hmm. arranging people who have a song idea and then want to develop it, uh, in, an, in terms of arrangement, which is where, and in rock and roll, the drums are central to that because mm-hmm. the drums really set the arrangement of what's going to happen elsewhere in the record, it's right. you know? It's, so. it's the
0: architecture of the song. You can't decorate it until you've got the walls built. And that's why it's a both. And really, I mean, I think it, as long as I was psychoanalyzing my intro, I let off with a few. <laughs> we're we're a a deep listener and have a great musical memory. And you do, like you remember these little bits of things we've tried seven years prior, you know, like uh, the parts to songs from albums that came out from bands 40, 50 years ago. Like, it's just this amazing thing, which is why um, that's the first half of why I love playing drums with you. But the second half is that it's just so much joy in your playing. You just love doing it. And uh, I think that's evident in these recordings. The little EP, there are three songs that came out of this session. They are, if nothing else, joyfully earnest. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but, yeah, that sounds about right <laughs> but,
0: but but I think that's what makes the song fun to play and to keep coming back to this particular song because it kind of stands out as the best of the batch from that EP but um, there's something to it like just the whole song is just about the joy of music making and the joy of friendship
1: it's time to train.
0: The of the wine. This- part of the lyric is inspired by nicknames that um that i had when i was traveling with with bottle rocket blue back before we all had like really reliable cell phones um, we would travel with little um walkie talkies ah. and- <laughs> in the first two year uh, first year and a half of the band uh, we didn't have a reliable van that we shared to and from gigs. So we'd sometimes be in two or three vehicles. And our bass player got these little like um, walkie-talkies that would maybe go 100 yards or so. And so we had little CB handles for each other that were based off of a scene in the Wes Anderson movie Bottle Rocket, uh, because in in the robbery scene, the characters all give each other these weird uh, nicknames CB handles for their for their radios bird dog scarecrow jackknife and uh, that's what we would say to each other on these bottle rocket ships through our walkie-talkies they're like bird dog we need a pit stop coming up and then then we get off the highway <laughs> this is like 2003 2004 and then we started traveling in the same van all the time Then that kind of went by the wayside and then uh, of course then by the time the band ended you know it, everybody had really reliable cell phones oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, it was an attempt for me to write a song for the band but it never got into the canon of the band and then it kind of sat around for a while and then once the band folded i revisited it ergo the story you just heard from john uh coming into the scene a couple of years after the band folded. And I'm like, well, I want to start writing some of my own music. Number so that
1: fits though, that this would be, it's fitting that, that one of the, one of the signature songs from your period right after bottle rocket blue mm-hmm. is commemorating that period. Like right. it's the, the, so it's, it's almost perfect. You know, it's, it, it, it's a little too self-referential for it to be a bottle rocket song in a way. It's kind of almost true. It's almost, it's almost perfect, you know, because then it, you know, it has a, of course, if memory, if my memory is accurate, I think you recorded "Scarecrow" again. I did with a different, slightly different arrangement and drum. I think the drums were like—I don't know if the song was slower or if the drums were just at halftime. Maybe
0: they were more at halftime. Um, it's like boom, chi, boom. We, we did it with the Texarkana two, and Monroe did more of a four in the pocket. The tempo was a little slightly slower because it, it was, it grinded a little more. There was more fuzz guitar.
1: It was likely more stable of a tempo as well. Knowing, (laughs) knowing Monroe's (laughs) capacity as a drummer, especially versus mine 10 years ago, but.
0: Oh, it was. And um, so they, they were different and I, and I like both of them. Well, I really like the rim shots. uh, When you're, when you're just hanging out. Yeah. I didn't
1: I didn't have a lot of tricks, man, back then. I still don't have too many, but I have a few more. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, right. well, that's, that's that was one of
1: my one of my one of my you know one of like four things i knew how to do to make something sound cool uh, but it's just enough so, different
0: that it it makes people's eyes kind of widen up like oh something different's going on and then when i get to the ow ow the screen part you know they're like oh people don't usually do that and it just kind of pulls them out of this yeah this is not business as usual at least for this three and a half minutes like something different is is going on
1: yeah, and it's got the stops and starts, which is very, uh-huh. very f- uh, first decade of the 2000s, you know, yes. like.
0: <laughs> yes, this is that that garage rock, indie rock revival kind of
1: stuff. And that was definitely the stuff that I remember spending a lot of time arranging with you, like kind of finding when, when can we, when can the whole band drop out for like a second, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and play with different things.
0: And, and you're, and you're still doing that. So the two new songs that are coming out with this podcast, John had a huge hand in arranging and writing. So he and Brandon Hancock and I got together at the beginning of the summer and just kicked around two new songs. And uh, a lot of John's ideas made it into the final mix. He's like, couldn't the bass do this here? And couldn't it swell here? And you're just I love what you said about you work from the whole song and then as a drummer you work down to the drums but you're never forgetful of the whole global picture of it and that's really really cool
1: yeah thanks man well that's I mean it was clear to me early on especially how late I started and just my limitations anyway that it was like well if I can provide something from the kit other than just chops it would hopefully be some of that Yeah, no, I, I I love doing that. I love Scarecrow. It's such a blast and it ha- it's had a whole new like it's I, maybe you already mentioned this uh but it it's the we use it as the theme music for mm-hmm. my podcast. And that kind of right. that kind of brought it back to life amongst our friends and kind of gives it some yeah, a weird kind of listenership. And part of it's because it's a fade in. Yes, um yes. <laughs> and so it works it just works really well. Yeah. So we don't use the whole, just. It's just the the instrumental mm-hmm. of the opening, the rim shots, and then the guitars and bass come in and then fades out, and and then there's the breakdown. The
0: breakdown in the middle
1: of and the bridge. We use that as breaks for ads, mm-hmm. and then it goes all the way to the end at with the screams end. at the very end, but <laughs> <Now, laughs> no actual I, lyrics. And you hear me laughing and giggling after the screams at the very end of the podcast. And, and I think um,
0: everything that anybody needs to know uh about you is contained maybe within that last 15 seconds of that
1: (laughs) (laughs) and i do remember it that recording time was such such a precious time i was in you know i was new in town was finding my way didn't have a ton of friends in town i mean i had a lot of acquaintances i knew people it was my hometown but sure to be able to to get away from you know my first real grown-up job to get away from it and come up to hang out with you guys in valpo spend the night play music and record and yeah so what uh there's a there's a line in the second chorus something about the dregs drink the dregs oh oh walk me through that line again
0: okay the dregs um let me let me lead up to it uh i love the moon in the summertime walking up the hill feeling so fine it's not the dregs it's the top of the wine that
1: is top of the wine that's what i was trying to remember Mm-hmm. I love that phrase, top of the wine, which is kind of some top of the line. It's just I don't know, it's just clever.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Well, I, I like to play with play with words and I'm just finding ways of establishing in the first stanza there just uh I'm setting this scene of of good times. It's a summertime evening these friends are are walking up a hill. This is in reference to Indiana Avenue and Valparaiso. Uh, and they're just full of the spirit. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, a, it's a, little, a little cryptic, a little... Uh, I, I like to mix very um, concrete images and then slip in some things that are... that escape obvious interpretation. And I think it's just a product of the era in which I grew up in you know oh, a totally. alternative, alternative bands do that kind of stuff all the time totally and, um so that's
1: there it is yeah no me too it's the product of the same times brother yeah yeah
0: thank you so much john for your for your time and your questions and your memories and sharing your reactions and uh peeling back the curtain a little bit for our listeners on the song scarecrow thanks for for being my guest today brother
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed getting to know John today, please check out his podcast, Fresh Text, a show in which a pastor or a scholar sits down with John and they discuss a seasonally appropriate text from the Revised Common Lectionary. Thanks for listening. See you next time.